of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker. Here with me now is my friend Malaika. She is a stand-up comedian, former rapper, poet. She's a podcaster. She's going to be a featured guest in an upcoming episode, but I wanted to introduce uh, you all to her here because uh, there's a fun connection with this week's guest, Jesse Esparza. So hey, Malaika. Hey, what's up, Colette? Hey, good. But first up, some housekeeping. If you like this show, please rate and review. It's how you can help people find the show. Um, so um, just like a quick welcome to Malaika. Uh, we're not going to keep you because you are hosting a, a Black Women in Comedy Festival event in like a half hour. Um, <laughs> the festival is happening between uh, October 15th and 16th of this month. The podcast episode is airing tomorrow. This the this show with uh, Jesse Esparza is airing tomorrow. Um, but can people find um this special event that's happening today can they find it you know later yes if you go on my ig you can find all the info in my bio and if i messed up there then it's on my website too which is also in my bio on my ig it's um malikathewriter.com malikathewriter.com yes okay and then um on that website you'll have a link to your um your instagram i'll also have it in the show notes um so cool yeah. uh, so as i mentioned malaika you know this is a pop culture variety show hey. you know we talk about everything from the yeah. rock making historical rap debut uh jesse jesse nelson uh formerly of little mix um she's been accused of black fishing and mm-hmm. Nicki minaj has come to her defense because she's mm-hmm. on her song called boys so mm-hmm. she has to like um i don't know stick up for her because she's on that song. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And then Wendy Williams, um, her return to television has been delayed once more as it's come out that she's facing serious health complications. We're wishing you a speedy recovery, Wendy. Um, Also in other news, um, in uh, an autopsy has been confirmed that Gabby Petito, aka Van Life Girl, was strangled to death the day after Dog the Bounty Hunter quit the hunt for her fiance because, uh, quote unquote, his ankle hurt. Um, and then uh, Lena Waite, she pens a multi project deal with Audible to create original podcasts. Hello, the Yummy Coco Show, uh, Malika Show. We're here. Please, hello, Lena Waith. Uh, we love you. Uh, hey. Adopt us. We're adult women, but we're available for adoption. 
Yep. Anytime. Also, um, Lizzo leaves little to the imagination in a see-through purple gown and pasties as she arrives barefoot to Cardi B's star-studded 29th birthday celebration in L.A. Uh, my invitation, along with Malaika's, um, were not found. I don't know what happened to our invitations. I blame I blame DeJoy and the United States Postal Service for that message. Yeah, it's it's all that that man, uh, that man. Postmaster DeJoy's it's, fault. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, while we are waiting for for answers from Cardi B, um, it's also the postmaster's fault. So yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh also um offset bought her a new house in the Dominican Republic. That was her birthday present, and kind of also push present because like in his speech, he mentioned that like she gave him a beautiful son. Mm-hmm. So uh nice, good, good job, good job, Cardi B. Um so now, you know, later on, I'm going to be talking to Jesse Esparza, who is a cutie patootie, as uh, Rosie O'Donnell uh, would say on her daytime talk show. He's um, he's a very talented writer. He was also your sketch writing teacher at UCB, Malaika. So yes. um, before we go into uh, my sketch, uh, can you share your fondest memory of Jesse's class or of Jesse? Oh my gosh, I have so many fond memories of Jesse, but I would like to take this moment to say that the reason that I chose Jesse to be my teacher at UCB in mm-hmm. the first place is because I looked at his sh- his his at his headshot uh-huh. and I was like he's stunning. Yes. I trust him. <laughs> it was a very, you know, it was like just of course, you know, that's all all, you know, there's so many things behind that, right? When we see right. somebody, we're like, "Oh, you know, but no, I saw his pictures. I think I really liked his eyebrows and his smile. And I was like, yo, I think he could teach me something. And what's great about it is I, I took two sketch classes with him mm-hmm. at UCB. And the second one was interrupted by COVID. Yeah. But we were, you know, we were all together as a class up until things got shut down. Mm-hmm. But I think that my sketch group that I was writing with, with Jesse Esparza, I think that we are the cause of all the pandemonium in the world. And let me tell you why. Uh-oh. Because on that day, that was our last day of class together before this went down. So maybe like March 13th or something. Yeah, like, this is, I'm, okay, it might even been like March like 10th. You know what okay. I mean? Like, like it was early, that was like a Tuesday. Uh-oh. There was this thing on the internet that showed like, people, like you could take a broom and make it stand up. It was like one day. And it was all about like the planetary alignments and gravity. So we oh, all were like, we all stood around uh-huh. and we all, and Jesse has a photograph of this. Okay. Yeah. We all stood around and we looked at the broom stand up on its own and we unlocked a portal <laughs> and we can't get out. And I don't blame Jesse, but I'm saying I was with Jesse. <laughs> oh my God. I, sh- I wish I knew this and I yeah. would have asked him. Oh my God. He-, he was there. He knows about it. Yeah. Because he, he also like, um, when I talked to him, cause he's working on a new show and it has mm-hmm. to do with like a psychic or an astrologer mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, to me, I'm, I'm already like, oh my God, like somebody was there. It was like psychic energy, you know, kind totally. of like keeping that broom up. Totally. Um, but he, he's a, a bit of a skeptic. Yeah. So it would have been, so I, I wonder, I, I, I would have loved to be in that, in that room. Jesse, you have to believe if you're listening. Oh my God. <laughs> portal, Jesse. Well, here's my thing with them. Cause I'm super like, don't even get me into astrology. You know, I'm super into that. Like, that's like my family, you know, 
some people are into traditional religion. My family's into astrology. So like for my grandfather. So like, I'm like, Jesse, we opened up a portal. Yes. And the whole world went through. And all I'm saying is at the end of it, what's going to happen is me and all my people from my sketch group, we gonna be on top. We're oh, doing it. That's what I'm saying. It's about oh. wow. It's about we just opened up the port. We opened it up. Yes, there was a lot of trash and BS that came through. But I'm saying in like five years, ah, yes, the cream rises. <laughs> and exactly. I hope that um, along with with that cream that rises, um, the people that heard the story also mm-hmm. their cream rises along exactly. with you. So like me and everyone else included. Exactly. Nice. Okay, so let's kick things off with our sketch called Whale It Do. It's a it's a mix of 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 uh, it's a confluence of things that have happened. Um, so uh, I, I just just check it out, listen to it, and uh, <laughs> tell me what you think. Sketch. fishy. That's what doctors and experts are saying after a lobster man who claimed he was swallowed whole by a humpback whale. Joining us now to defend himself is the lobster diver. So, Mr. Diver, what happened? Well, I was lobster diving and a humpback whale tried to eat me. How horrific. Now, viewers, keep in mind, this is a highly unusual event. Yeah, uh, it's weird, but it happened. Trust me. I got the bruises to prove it. You bruised up, but have no broken bones. And experts say your lack of serious injuries is suspect. Suspect? Yes, and from the water pressure alone, some doctors say you should have experienced hearing loss. What? What? Even if I did it, it still happened. I, I, I... I, I, I was 45 feet down in the water when all of a sudden I felt this huge bump and everything went dark. You do sound visibly shaken, but how do you feel about experts not totally believing you? Frankly, d- disrespected. And I'm being truthful. I, I would not lie about this. Fair enough. However, there are two sides to every story. Too bad. <laughs> you only have my side. Not like you can ask the whale or something. On the contrary, joining us now on Zoom to help us all get to the bottom of this story is Humpback Whale. Why are you doing this? Mr. Godiver, we gave you a chance to talk. Let's hear from the other side of the story. Now, Mr. Humpback Whale. Folks call me Humpty. You can call me that, that's fine. Okay, thank you, Humpty. Now you told producers that you want to get to set the record straight. Yeah, we whales don't have any PR machine fighting against these wild claims. I never met this man in my life. We whales are sick of you people lying on us. You people, right? Yeah, I said it. I don't like eating human. I eat krill, small fish. My mouth is like a sieve, you feel me? I know that's why you swallowed me. No, but that's the thing. I didn't do it. So you're saying you're innocent, Mr. Diver, is not being truthful? Yeah, 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 he could have been in the way. 
and yeah, I could have swallowed him, but I'm a, I'm a gentle giant. I don't eat humans. I didn't do it. Mr. Diver, do you care to respond? Yeah, you did. I, I was in your mouth. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was. And then when we burst through the water's surface, you spit me out. Huh. Burst through the water's surface with you? Why are you romanticizing me, dog? Keep me out of your stories. This is not a story. I'm not lying. I was floating there in your mouth for 30 seconds. For 30 seconds, 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 seconds. I mean, Dad, wake up. Dad, wake up, are you choking? Son, did you see that whale? No, 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 Dad, we were home and I was looking at TikTok on your phone when you saw Gilo's 52nd birthday post and you passed out. Oh, oh. I thought I got swallowed up by a whale. I thought I was being interviewed on the news with the whale. Whoa, Gilo looks amazing. Yeah, so can I keep using your phone? No, I need it. Well, 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 well. Okay, well, how about we look at J-Lo one No, no, time? no, oh no. Oh, oh no. Time for me to play my Roblox game. Awesome. So let's get into my talk with comedy writer Jesse Esparza. Hey, Jesse. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is our first time meeting ever. I I know. Wanted but it to like meet we know you. each other. I know. I know. You're you're we're already besties in like yes. two minutes of, of conversation. Um, okay, so let me just quickly read your bio. Jesse Esparza is a writer and comedian from Sacramento, California. After moving to LA in 2009, he began studying improv and sketch comedy at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, where he put up the sold-out show, Tanya Harding, the musical, currently on YouTube, so check it out, um, while writing on a sketch team at the theater of UCB, he began writing pilots and was chosen for the NHMC Writers Program and the Disney Writers Program in 2019. Um, both are very hard-ass programs to get into, uh, BT-Dub, and we'll get into that. Um, and this all led to him being staffed on Mixish, um, which was on ABC. Uh, it ran from seasons one and two. Really great show. Thank you so much, Jesse, for, for um, being on. Where, where did you get that? Was that my UCB bio? IMDB. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay, good. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, do you write your own IMDB 
uh, bio or, or of somebody course, writes it for I don't you? have an assistant. Absolutely <laughs> not. And that's why I asked because what I've learned is usually when I ever did my DCB bio, it always is chronological. And uh-huh. now I'm learning it should be the opposite. It should like you should leave with what you've done recently oh. and then go back. So now I'm like listening to it. I'm like, fuck, I got to go edit that now. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. So so how would you edit it? Like, what would what would you start with now? You're like, oh, now I'm, I'm writing on a show called Maggie that's coming out next year. So I would start with that. Jesse is a, a, a writer on the new show, ABC on ABC called Maggie. Previously, he was staffed on Mixed-ish, season one and two. Uh, he got into, you know, then he got into whatever, and then he'd go back in time. So it's just yeah. it's literally go, just backwards. <laughs> so what is Maggie? It's a new show on ABC. You can read all about it online, but mm-hmm. it basically is about a psychic and it's like a single, co- single cam comedy. It's a 30 minute comedy on ABC premiering, I think in March. And yeah, it's just about this woman named Maggie who's a psychic and is just trying to like get her life together. You know, we can all um, relate to that, right? Yeah, but then she's a psychic, so it's like she should know. She should know what to I do. I know. Next. So that's the that's the, the <laughs> whole problem with the show is like it's like a psychic doesn't have her life figured out. She has oh, everyone shit. else's life figured out. You know. <laughs> oh shit! There's actually it's funny. There's um a podcast that I listen to called Ghost of a Podcast. I don't know if you listen uh-huh. to it, but it's an astrologer and she gives like really great life advice. I don't know if you get in. Are you into that at all? Like no, um, you know, psychic astrology. In my, in my interview, they were like, "Have you been to a psychic? Have you ever done? Is that your thing?" And I was like. No, I was like, I went to a Christian school. I learned that shit was the devil. So I never went, <laughs> you know, uh, but there, I mean, there, there's a lot of talk about it. A lot of people in the room have gone to psychic or tarot card readers, stuff like that. I just, I've never uh, done it. <laughs> that's, that's the devil. Right. That shit is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, as you know, as a, as a Latin person, my family's from Haiti, Latin America also, um, you know, there is a side to us that believes in spirits and, mm-hmm. um, y- you know, uh, you know, someone's having a, a feeling uh, that like you shouldn't go there. Don't get in that car. Right. Um, has that ever happened to you? Uh, <laughs> not that I can remember, honestly, no, uh, no, Mm-mm. no, <laughs> so you've just, you know, clear mind, just, you go, go for stuff. So yeah, what, so what attracted you to that, to, to Maggie, that, that, the that money gig? <laughs> girl, I'm not ever, like, it's such a great show and I'm so lucky to be part of it, but like, I would have written on anything, honestly. I'm not, it's not a chooser's market right now, <laughs> but I'm saying. <laughs> You're like, it's about a psychic. That's bullshit, but whatever. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, As a staff exactly. writer? I'm a story editor now. So That's awesome. Up. Yeah. That's what I also yeah. want to talk to you about too. Um, is, uh, is that like, it's really impressive that you've worked your way up from you worked your way up from the Disney writers program to staff writer on Mixish. Um, it's a super like awesome power move. Um, you know, some people never move up or um, like a show doesn't even make it to like a second season. Um, right. So what's your writer's room superpower that you think helped propel you? Um, 
lot lot of lot of things coming to mind. Uh, I think, and this is just giving advice to people listening who want to be in the room and want to get asked back and want to continue their career in writing once they make it. Yeah, just be a normal fucking person. Just yeah. be, just be cool. Be calm, be collected. Don't be nervous. Don't be anxious. Don't try to talk as much as everyone else. Don't try to be the one that's trying to solve all the problems. When you're a staff writer, your job is just to be there. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's all it is. And once you find out what you're good at, do that. And don't try to do everything. I short, I, I took a long time for me to find out where I fit in the room. Yeah. And until that point, I shut the fuck up. You know, I wasn't trying to, oh, now I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do this. I just waited until I knew what I was good at and then Mm -hmm. killed it. My thing is I'm so good at jokes and pitching jokes and dialogue because I come from a sketch background where that's all we do is write jokes. And I come from improv and it's all about just being funny. So that's, I knew that I could do that once we started getting into scripts and writing them and punching them up. Mm -hmm. I knew I'm going to have a killer line for this. I'm going to have a great blow to this scene. This callback's going to go so well. I'm going to fucking kill it. But it took a long time for us to start writing the script. And so the first part of the room is breaking story. And I'm not Mm -hmm. good at that. Or I wasn't good at that when I first started. And I wasn't trying to come in there and be like, well, I'm not good at this, but let me try. You know, no time for that, honestly. So my, my thing, I think, is just be a normal person and just, it's okay to wait around and not talk every day. And it's okay to just wait until you see what you're good at. And once you do that, then do what you're good at. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, but you, you seem like a very like talkative person naturally. Did you like kind of sneak in little bits here and there every day? Cause um, there has to be a balance. Like you have to shut the fuck up, like you said, but then at the mm-hmm. same time, you also have to like, you know, sell yourself. Too. Yeah, there weren't that be once you're in that room, you're sold, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. I, I, there were days where I wouldn't say anything, you know, and I, that, I think that's fine. I think people need to get out of the mindset of, oh, I need to say something today because then you're going to wait all day and then you're going to say something and no one's going to care. And it's, maybe you're going to sound stupid, you know, yeah. but you have to just be comfortable going, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm going to wait. And in the beginning, especially, I was just always so nervous, but in the beginning, I never said anything or pitched anything unless I knew that it was going to kill and people were going to laugh. And I think that was good because that be- I became like the person that everyone was like, oh, he got something good. We're going to L- LOL after this. Yeah. You know, and so I think I just took my time with that. And I think it's okay to take your time with it is what I'm saying. That's awesome. Yeah, because you wrote three episodes, too, which is also really cool in the time that the the show ran. Um, I was really sad to see it go. I watched it on Hulu. Um, You know, I'm curious about like how episodes get assigned in a writer's room. Um, One of the episodes that you wrote was called uh, Just the Two of Us. Um, Mm -hmm. The mom, Rainbow's mom and her auntie, played by Christina Anthony, super hilarious. Um, They realize they've been boxed into Black women stereotypes at the law firm. And then Gary Cole butts in. Um, He tries to help them, but um, it ends up causing more harm than good. Um, Was that something that you pitched? Like in the, the, you were, you know, you were saying how like you'd have like solid jokes. Was that something that like you pitched or was there an element that you really connected with that got you that assignment? Um, no, I think shows are different. The mm-hmm. way Mixish did um, script assignments was they just went down the line. They mm-hmm. went down the line from 
okay, the showrunner is going to write the first episode and then the co-EP is going to write the second and then supervising producer, co-producer, producer, blah, 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 all the way down to staff writer. So that's how they assigned their uh, scripts. Uh, but for the show I'm on now, Maggie, we all came in with our own pitches for episodes and that's how, yeah, some shows, they do it differently than others. So on Mixed Dish, they went down the line. You yeah. know, they went from the showrunner writes this episode, the first one, and then the co-EP, and then the supervising producer, then the co-producer, and then the producer, all the way down to staff writer. And mm -hmm. that's how Mixed Dish did it. For the show I'm on now, we all came in with our ideas for episodes. We pitched our ideas for the episodes. And then from that, we got assigned them. So for instance, on Mixed Dish, the co-EP wrote the second episode. But yeah. on Maggie, the staff writer wrote the second episode. And it, it, just, it differs per room. But mm -hmm. I think for the second season on Mixed Dish, I think uh, the showrunners knew that I was really good with um, Denise's character who played the aunt. Yeah. And, uh, I think they wanted me to write, uh, uh, I think they wanted me to write an episode that featured her heavily. So I think that's why they were like, you'd be great for this. You have her voice, go off and do that. That's and awesome. I'm so lucky because it was such a funny episode. Christina Anthony, who plays Denise, is just marvelous. She, like, she's an amazing comedic actress. And just being able to be on set and see her and perform. And it was just, it was great. Uh, yeah. So that's how I got that episode. It just she, went down the line. Yeah. And she's like an improv person too. I think from like Second City or Groundlings. Yeah. So, yeah. She moved from Chicago to LA and she did Second City. Yeah. So she's an improviser and she just, she kills it every time. Did you get to be on set or was that during uh, Panini pandemic time? <laughs> the first season we were on set and that was just, so exciting and the story from that is my first episode ever uh I got to be on set and I was so nervous and I was like oh my god where do I sit you know and I, I got matched with an amazing director named Natalia Anderson and I was mm -hmm. just like hey girl oh my god this is my first episode I'm so scared and she was like very nice about it and she she just because I said that I think that's again just be open and honest with people you know yeah. so I was just like oh my god and she was like, don't worry about it. We got this. Let's do it. And we killed it. And like, she would always check in with me, you know, for cuts. Like, do you have anything else? And I'd give some notes, you know, and like they would, you know, and then the actors would do them. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is so fun. But she, Natalia Anderson, ended up recommending me for the job I have now. Oh, that's awesome. Know, yeah. She was like, I worked with a great writer. The first episode he did, he was so amazing. I recommend him. And then I landed it. So, you know, just be good at what you do every day. And, you know. You never know what, and that, it's a cliche. You never know what's going to get you the next job, you know, mm -hmm. but just be cool. <laughs> and so what's life like in between jobs? Like what, what's a day in the life when you're not working on a show? It's hell. Um, <laughs> I love working. I've worked my whole life ever since I moved to LA, just even doing like little jobs. So mm -hmm. when you, the first season of Mixed Fish in between the first and second season, there was maybe three months, March, April, May, June, July, like four months where we weren't doing anything. The summer. And it was during the summer. And usually people go off to vacation or they do this or they do that, but that's when the pandemic happened. That was uh. March of 2020. And it was a roller coaster, you know, because I was like, what's happening? I don't know. Uh, my plan was to teach at UCB because I taught sketch at UCB. So my yeah. plan was to do that. But once we got on Zoom, I was like, I hate this. I don't like it anymore. I don't want to teach anymore. And then this wonderful thing called unemployment happened, <laughs> you know, where 
the government or whatever was giving you like $900 a week for unemployment. Oh yeah. But, this was like super unemployment too. Yeah. This was because of the pandemic right. or whatever. So I was supposed to be getting $900 or how much ever that was 750 or whatever, but they were taking out money because I was teaching and I was, I had a job, like a part-time job. And so by the end, I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to be on unemployment. The rest yeah. of the uh, but it was only three months and I, I did a lot of teaching. I did my own like sketch workshop just because I wanted to be busy and I didn't want nothing to do, you know, yeah. but this last, uh, hiatus between Mixish and Maggie was much longer. It was from December. We got out and then I didn't get hired until I didn't start working until July. So that's a long time. And it, it sucks. It's all you're thinking about is I'm never going to work again. Uh, shit, this is my one chance. I should have saved more money. Why yeah. did I spend it on this? Da, da, da. And I think in the first couple of months, I was spending it trying to teach and trying to do sketch workshops and trying to do this and that. And I did a lot of pilot reading because I was just like, well, I want to help people. I think I'm good at pilots. Let's try that. I do want to make some money on the side, you know? <laughs> and I think that's what um, I did for a couple of months, just because again, like I said, I don't like having nothing to do. And I just go crazy when I'm not doing anything, you know? And so that right. was a lot of fun. And that's what I did in between this last um, hiatus. So I like you were mentioning Natalia, the, the, um, the TV director. So mm -hmm. were you in that, in that time in between Maggie and Mixish, were you making these phone calls? Were you emailing people or were you just, um, were you just teaching and just plugging, plugging along and, and just doing your own thing? Or yeah, were you reaching just, out to people and like, where's, you know, where the, where the job's at? Yeah, I was just plugging away and just my thing is, I'm just going to take each day as it is. I'm not going to try to, you know, oh, should I have to scramble and do this? Oh, I have to scramble and do that. My thing is, I know that I'm great, <laughs> you know? And so I know, you know, there's a part of your brain that goes, oh, shit, I'll never work again. But then there's the other part that's like, you're amazing. You're going to be fine, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I've never, I, I don't, some people do this, I can't, you know, where they're asking people, oh, who's hiring? You know, I just, I'm just like, listen, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. That's how I have been ever since getting into these programs. You know, it's just like, I'm going to take every day as it comes mm -hmm. and it'll be fine. I know it's going to be fine. And guess what? It turned out to be fine. Me and Natalia, like just kept in touch, you know, like we're friends, you know, yeah. so we would just like chat every now and then. But yeah, I, I, I think that might turn some people off. Maybe not. It depends on who you, I don't know. But I think for me, that's, what I would say is that that could turn some people off, you know, if they're just like, where are the jobs at? I need to work. It's just like, bitch, so does 20,000 other people in Los Angeles. They all yeah. have to work, you know? And so for me, yeah, it's always been a thing of I'm fine. I'm just going to wait until the opportunity comes and then cash in on it, you know? Yeah. So that's, so that, yeah. Cause even, um, I was, uh, uh I emailed a, a mentor and I asked her because typically like um, I've I've sent my work out to people to read and there was one uh, writer in particular, she was just like, um, she hit me up like, oh, you know, you need to follow up with me um, about notes. And so then I asked my mentor like, oh, this other person that I sent my work to, should I reach out to them? And she's just like, no, people hate that. 
Um, <laughs> just like if anything, send uh, like a kind of uh, what we were calling additive content kind of email, like, oh, how, mm -hmm. how are you doing? You know, I'm doing this. I submitted my script to Humanitas and I got, mm -hmm. I don't know, honorable mention or whatever. So it's just right. like, um, do that instead of being right. like, hey, did you read my script? I agree. I think that's great advice. It's always bring something to the table. You know, yeah. don't just go out there being like, hire, you know, any, and it's, you have to be a master at spinning anything, you know? So even if, if it's like, oh, hey, oh my God, so good to see you. I mean, so good to, you know, reach out to you. My episode is coming out this week. It's going to be so great. So yeah, what's up with you? Like trying to hide the ask within an email is like, you have to get good at that, but uh -huh. that's a good, that's the move, I think. Do you think that that comes from your improv background that you're able to do that? I think so, you know, just being, yeah, because yeah, honestly, when you're an improviser, it's nothing. So just being able to spin it to sound cool. <laughs> uh -huh. So, um, you know, as you, so you're, you're currently working on Maggie and which is awesome because it's a network show, like it's going to be any, so that's like 22 episodes. That's great. Cause typically, um, you know, there are a lot of shows that are on like, I don't know, Hulu or Netflix, whatever. Those are like 10 episodes, but like, right. but to work on a network is really awesome because now I will like say a, Maggie is 13 and okay. season two was also 13. Mm -hmm. Like uh, me, the first season of Mixed Dish got 23 episodes, but then there's things called uh, ah. you know, uh, mid-season shows that uh -huh. usually a, a full season order will start in September but like a mid-season show is going to start anywhere from January to March. And mm -hmm. so Maggie is going to be mid-season starting in March. So we have 13 episodes, but it's still better than 10. Oh yeah. And then, you know, if it all goes well, knock on wood, then, then it becomes more episodes. Right. Yeah. That's what happened with uh, another show on ABC that I slipping my memory. The one with Topher Grace. That was oh, Home Economics. Yeah. Home Economics was mid-season last year with, I think, 13 episodes and now it's a full season order so it happens yeah yeah the, yeah it's uh yeah it's pretty amazing so um you know I got really into UCB I moved here in um in August 2019 and I got really into UCB um for it was like really hot and heavy and then six months you know pandemic it was right. end times basically. So, and then you were a teacher at UCB, you were really heavily involved, um, even like for a really long time. Um, I, as I mentioned, one of my friends, uh, Malaika really loved your class. I really miss UCB. You know, I'm, I'm super sad that, um, at, because I, I just, I was only there for like six months. I wish I spent more time there. Um, what's life been like for you? I know you're busy writing, but like, it's it's kind of like a death in a way like is UCB gone forever like do you mm -hmm. see it coming back and and what's life been like for you since right then? uh that is a good question if UCB is coming back everyone asks me for some reason yeah <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't know I don't run that shit yeah um, honestly I will tell you I moved out to LA in 2009 and immediately started at UCB and so I've been doing it for nine 10 11 12 like how long is it 11 years or 12 years so yeah. I've been doing it so much so when I tell you it's been great to not have to go to sunset and see people that I know <laughs> and watch a sketch show and you know have to worry about like oh god what do I have notes on this like it's been so great <laughs> now I, I do miss it I do miss 
I, I miss the atmosphere. You know, yeah. I miss. It felt like school. To, yeah, it is. And I miss being able to like go into the lobby and just like see immediately 20 of your friends and just be like, hey, how are you? I'm like, catching up. Like mm-hmm. that's the part that I miss because it was such a social place. Yeah. It was such like, that's how I have all my friends, you know, from UCB. And that's, you know, the way it is. So I love it. But on the other hand, it's like, you can see those people outside of UCB, you know? And so I, I, I think it's been, for me, it's been great, <laughs> you know, that I just, you know, that I've taken a step away from it. But um, it's, it's interesting to think if it's going to come back. I'm sure it will. Who knows when? But um, it's going to be, I don't know. It's probably going to be a whole new world. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. And then there was like a lot of controversy too, um, towards the end. So I, I, yeah, it just seems like, um, like there's, I, it just seems like there's, there's a lot of work to be done, but it's like, I see groundlings, I see second city, they're still kind of out there. So it it makes you wonder like, will they come back? But right. UCB does still, UCB still does have sold out improv classes and sold out sketch classes they're all online though but the theater is not open yet mm-hmm. so that makes me think it's probably going to come back and be great you know but I in my mind I'm like am I past that is this the time where I'm like that but probably not I think you know I'll never stop <laughs> loving it if they called you back would you go back uh if it was it depends because honestly when I was teaching the zoom classes at the tail end of like or the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. I fell out of love, honestly, just because it was over Zoom, you know, and it wasn't in a classroom. And it was honestly, no offense, but weird people from like Tennessee, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, you don't, you know, that's great that now people are able from all over the world to take these classes, but it's just it is a different vibe. And it's pulling teeth, trying to get people, especially in a sketch class to talk and to like note each other's sketches and to pitch yeah. jokes, you you can't do it. You can't do it. Usually in a classroom, I'd scream and like slam my hand on the table and be like, hot, but like, you can't do that over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, so they could honestly, just meet you. Exactly. And towards the tail end, I'd be like, well, fuck it then. I mean, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to, I'll be back. And I like went and like watched TV for like an hour, you know? And it's, oh, shit. <laughs> and it's like, at that point, that's when you need to take a step back and like say, I need a break. And I Mm -hmm. think there are so many teachers that have that same idea of I need to take a break, but they don't. And I think that's what causes some problems too. It's like, y'all should take a break, but they don't, you know? And I think that's a whole nother conversation. But I was like, I need to take a break from it. And I did. And it's been, it's been a great break. You haven't looked back. Yeah. (laughs) I I wanted to uh, ask you some rapid fire questions. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Sure. What's usually in your pockets? Uh, not many things. My keys, my wallet, my phone, uh, maybe like a napkin. <laughs> That's it. Uh, weird quirks. What's one of your weirdest uh, quirks? I, I yell a lot when I don't think I am. Uh, I'm very, I'm a loud person. So I guess that's a quirk. <laughs> if you could be any flavor of ice cream, what 
flavor ice cream would you be and why? Um, I think I would be, oh God, that is a good question. I mean, shit, probably bubblegum. Bubblegum? Oh God, bubblegum, because it's so sweet. Nice <laughs> and colorful. <laughs> right. What is a text group, like a group text thread that's helping you through the day, that helps you through the day? I will say during on Maggie, there's many group chains going on, like making inside jokes to each other. And that's really fun. Like on <laughs> but, Slack uh, or something? Yeah. Oh, no, just like Apple or iPhone, you know. The like text. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Just like, can you believe they said that? You know, just fun, fun little uh, insidey things. <laughs> um, okay. And then fuck, Mary kill, mixish Mark Paul Gosler. <laughs> Saved by the Bell, Mark Paul Gossler, okay. or Franklin and Bash, Mark Paul Gossler. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I would say, okay. Oh, God. Uh, Mary, Saved by the Bell, Mark Paul Gossler. Just it's like a sociopath. I love a, I, I love a young white man is all I have to say. So <laughs> I would definitely marry that. Uh, I guess I would fuck Franklin and Bash since he was a little younger than and then I guess I'm going to have to kill mixed dishes. Oh, home. no. <laughs> He's too granola. Yeah, a bit. A bit too granola for me. And, you know, the oldest of the Mark Pauls. Oh, <laughs> uh, he had really good jokes. I, I like it was the first time watching him as uh, Paul Jackson that I was like, oh, he, he he's got some jokes. He's he's a funny actor. Yeah, um, I never was- really thought that, you know, in Saved by the Bell. Right. And it, it, yeah, it's just a testament to the writing staff, finding out what he was good at and like how how he would be funny. And I think we did ended up doing a really good job, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was always jokes about them living on the commune and like the weird shit that they would get into. Um, right. You know, it was funny. And we really played into his confidence because he would be really confident about a lot of stuff he shouldn't have been confident about. And I think that was the sweet spot. <laughs> uh-huh. How did you how did how do you tap into at like these these actors is it from the bio or is it watching them acting like how is it that you were able to like get into his his head like that it took a while honestly and it takes a while I think with any new show we're finding that on Maggie as well it's just a it's a thing of you have to a take swings and see the misses you know and you have to like just uh yeah, just be able to experiment a little bit and give, again, give it time, you know, because eventually you're going to find it and then it's going to be amazing. But especially for a new show, you really do have to just take some swings, take some L's and just be patient, I think. There are some characters that just fly off the page, like Denise and like Santa Monica, the young girl. Yeah, so cute. The talent, along with the character, it's like that can write itself, you know, so... There are some characters like that where you're just like, easy, boom, here we go. And then there are some where it's like, we have to figure out who this character is together over time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And you're really active on Instagram. I saw you recently. <laughs> you mastered a 360 photo. Um, was this at an Emmy party? No, it was at my old boss on Mixed Dish. It was his birthday. Oh, Peter. Peter Saji, it was his birthday and his wife's uh, baby shower the same day. It was oh, like a sweet. baby shower during the day and then his birthday party at night. And it was 
yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, sweet. I loved your Fendi collar. Thank you, girl. Oh my God. It was so expensive, <laughs> but I was like, I, I have to, I have to do it. It's my, it's my little, uh, what do you call it? My purchase that I had to do. <laughs> my splurge. Your splurge. Um, Cameron Johnson, he spoke at uh, like a, we had a, in my mentoring group, we had a meeting. He spoke um, and he's a, he's a, a writer for um, those that don't know. And he said that like when he gets a project or, um, or like a new job, he splurges, like he bought like some really beautiful YSL boots. So is that like you too, like you get a job like Maggie or something, you're like, okay, I'm going to splurge. And if so, what was the last one? Was it the Fendi call the Fendi shirt? Okay. Now listen, I splurge a lot. (laughs) And usually when I get a new show, I'm like, oh God, now I can pay the credit card, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I would say my last big splurge, I, it, it was, I got the Fendi collared sweatshirt and I also got a short sleeve Fendi shirt. Nice. <laughs> and so I, I'm all about Fendi. I don't know why, but uh, I, uh, yeah, that would be my last uh, big splurge. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so uh, what, like who's putting out work right now that ex- excites and inspires you? That's a good question. A lot of people ask this and I'm like, fuck, I need to to keep up with the world. Um, Honestly, all I watch these days are reruns of Judge Judy and like true crime, weird true crime docs on YouTube about like people that have been murdered. Uh, That just, I don't know. It's just, that's, that's what piques my interest nowadays. But Like uh, Hollywood murders, like Hollywood murders, like Black Dahlia. No, just people have been killing people like over the, in the world. It's very fascinating to me, but. um, So are you following Gabby right now? That's a lot, right? Because everyone's like posting about it and I'm like, I'm just going to wait for someone to do the guy I watch. I'm going to wait for him to do a video on it just because I'm like, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts in that. But that is like one of the cases that would be on one of these channels. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It's wild. But I think recently the things that I've been drawn to so much are ten fifteen. Yeah. It's so good and just so fun and the characters are so great and it just brings you to a different time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I love. Also, and I, I'm just gonna sound like I love high school shows, but I don't, but uh, never have I ever is also it's great it's wonderful so good and it's just it's because these are about real people yeah you know and I feel like anything that's relatable nowadays is very very good mm-hmm. um and also there's a show on HBO that I like that no one else likes called Generation I liked it about high school kids I yeah. loved it I love and Justice like, Justice Smith Justice is great all the characters are great I'm just like why can't gay people win you know yes like maybe they need gay people behind the scenes as well <laughs> well that's the thing yeah yeah it, I, I made a joke the other day that was like oh they just can't let gay people win or they can't let straight people who write for gay people win <laughs> there has to be some kind of tragedy right um but yeah I think those are the ones that I really have liked these last couple of years that have really spoken to me and it's just all about like like I said, really relatable characters who are funny, but not perfect, you know, and I think that's what is really good about 
the comedy that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love Pen15. I love Never Have I Ever. I just finished Sex Education, third season. Mm-hmm. That was also really good. Also about like, like high school kids, even though I don't really understand the British school <laughs> system. So it's like they're right. in college. <laughs> Are they in high school? Are they in college? I don't know. Um, But but yeah, those are also like real characters um, and just a a lot of heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So like if you had, um, you know, an overall deal, what kind of shows would you be putting out? That's a good question. I mean, like, and, and this is as if, cause like you can have an overall deal and not necessarily like, um, you know, people have overall deals. The shows don't necessarily get on air, but like right. in, in, in a perfect world, your shows are all on your, your mic shore, your pop in all over the place. What, what kind of shows would you be putting out? Right. All starring me, of course. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. I think, yeah. Shows that really just, show authenticity and characters that you don't really see every day personally i'm working on a lot of stuff right now that has to do with like latin x characters you Mm -hmm. know and just like the intricate parts of what that means i think right now what we're seeing or what we're gonna see is a lot of like latin x stories that don't have to do with coming from mexico and making it and being an immigrant you know because there's another part of us that me specifically didn't know a lot about myself until recently, you know, and it's just that journey of reconnecting with that side of yourself, you know, and I think that's what a lot of Mexican American people have had to go through. Am I, what am I? Am mm-hmm. I supposed to be American? Am I supposed to be Mexican? Is it okay if I'm more American? Is mm-hmm. it okay that I'm less Mexican or more Mexican? What does that mean? Who am I? And I think that's something that really speaks to me, obviously. And I think showing that on a television show would be great also I'm hella gay (laughs) so I think you know showing different types of gay stories as well that come from an authentic gay voice is really important you know and I thought a lot about that you know of like what you know there is no perfect story you know I'm like there's a lot of shows out right now that are like oh it's it's just this person coming out we've seen been there done that before but you know if it's coming from an authentic place I think that makes it different you know Mm -hmm. so I feel like authenticity is the number one uh thing as well as just being funny you know I think those are the two things that I really want to um push forward with yeah that's a hard balance to to be funny but then at the same time to um showcase something real because like to be funny you kind of do have to lean on tropes a little bit Mm -hmm. too right or subvert it somehow right that's the challenge right right well challenge accepted (laughs) (laughs) the overall deal is yours Thank you. Oh my God. I'm so excited. When do I yeah. start? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I start. I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I, I want to start too, but um, okay. This is, this has been amazing. What is uh, making you happy these days? <laughs> but I, I love having a job and I think writing is my dream job. I've always wanted to do it. Even like being in UCB on a sketch team, it's always been so much fun and just being paid to do that. It's yeah. a dream come true. And so I just love being able to work with funny people and really smart people and, you know, be able to create things. I think that's what's always kept me going, whether I'd be paid for it or not. 
is just to create things that make people laugh and make people happy. I think that's what keeps me going. Um, I have a dog now, so he's pretty cool. <laughs> little little Jesse, right? Little Jesse, yeah. He's Super laying down cute. right here next oh. to me. He keeps me happy. Honestly, honestly, and let me tell you, you'll you will all get there out there listening. But just being able to like go out somewhere and not have to worry about your card getting declined and just not having to order off the appetizer oh. menu and not having to order like <laughs> drinks. That Preach. is the best feeling. That is the best feeling in the world. Yes. And I hope it never gets taken away. And I hope everyone at some point gets to feel that feeling. Just not even, you know, there have been so many times where I'm just like, I'll just have a side order of mac and cheese. Now, bitch, I'm getting that as well as I am. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's such a great feeling. Cool. Leveling up, leveling yeah. up at the, the group dinner. It's a cheesecake factory. I get yes. I get a cheesecake and an entree and an appetizer. Amazing. Woo! With avocado <laughs> on the side. Exactly. Nice. Is that a portrait of JLo in the background? Yeah. This is a it's a mirror. This is a mirror. So yes. It's her holding a kids' choice award. <laughs> oh my god. Um, is she your your I, I love JLo. I love her so much. Um, it pains me that she is with Ben. I, I don't like it. I like the nostalgia of it all because the 2000s are coming back. So I'm kind of here for it. I think it might be just like a huge uh, scheme or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like uh, I'm here for it. You are? <laughs> I'm like, she doesn't need him. But I mean, it is exciting, I guess. But like, yeah. you know. I think she knows what she's doing. And, she, you know, as long as she's having fun, even if that's manipulating everyone to think that she has a romance with Ben Affleck again let her <laughs> right and she looks incredible yeah so yes we we shall just let j-lo be be herself she exactly. is wonderful <laughs> okay well thank you so much and how can people find you i'm on instagram please add me i need followers at jesse underscore is underscore awesome it's jesse j-e-s-s-e there's no i in there thank you and you don't have to i'm not <laughs> get a, it right all right. And I'm on Twitter. You don't really have to go looking for me there. I don't really tweet that much. Just follow me on Instagram, please. Yes, I, I am following you now. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So thank you. This is great. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. <laughs>